0: everybody welcome to the show it is hump day and you are on board with back to the window starring the one and only scott and scott i am scott steen lead handicapper at winners and and i'm
1: co scott rochelle senior handicapper over winners and
0: and together we do this every day 3 p.m eastern 2 p.m central on our very uh our, our we do our very best to help you guys in your journey to head back to the window what's up tim earl jc stone in the house Scott brothers, I could I could do I could do a lot worse. You and I are both only child, right? We're only children.
1: Yep, that is correct.
0: So we don't we have no idea what it's like to have a brother. So yeah, there you go. It's the brother I never wanted, Scott Reichel, Everybody.
1: A uh, bit of a separation there on the actual timeline. Uh, <laughs> yeah, better late than never, I suppose. That would have
0: been one of those uh, really surprising uh, births. Yeah. From parents would be like a pretty old dude. So, uh, Matthew Torvik in the house. What's up? Scott, I know you have a heartbreaking, Oh, Timmy, I know it is opening day tomorrow. Just one day away, man. We are psyched. I'm sure we're going to have a bet. The farm from the, uh, opening day baseball games tomorrow. I bet the field. If you, will. I'm
1: assuming you're going to be doing a play the day video on baseball tomorrow.
0: It's very possible. My friend, very possible. Uh, brothers are overrated. <laughs> Uh, Tim has a twin. You seen Tim and Tim and Nick. Yeah. Like peas in a pod, like big hairy peas in a pod. That's what they are. Mm -hmm. Detroit Lenny says, what's up gentlemen. And Tim. Yep. There's somebody that does a show with Tim every day. It's Detroit Lenny. Don't forget to check out. Don't forget to check out Detroit Lenny and Tim and Nick on their show that they do at 5 p.m. Eastern time every day called game time decision. There you go. There There you go. go.
1: There's no S. You'd be out of your mind if you think there was an S in there.
0: Yeah, that that's, that's just doesn't make any sense. No, it's game-time decision, man. Good to have Lenny in the house. Lenny, excited for these Tigers, buddy? Finally, a, uh, a sport that Detroit may have a uh, a little bit of hope, a little bit of optimism. Go Tigers. A uh, lot to like about this Pistons team, too. I think they're headed in the right direction. Scott, do you think? Uh,
1: headed's the key word. They're <laughs> still a couple years away, but there's definitely some optimism.
0: Oh, there you go. Uh, Tim Earl said we might be talking some Masters today, and we are going to be talking Masters here on our show. We have uh, corralled one of the best in the business. It's uh, Jim Williams. You may know him from such shows as Just Parlays with uh, Chris King and Jim Williams, so he's going to stop by and, uh, and let us know all about his choices for the Masters that tease off Mon Iana as well. Detroit Lenny, there's an optimistic son of a bitch. He says the Detroit Tigers are winning the division this year, Scott.
1: I don't know how they're supposed to win the division if the Royals are supposed to win the division. How does that work? It's gonna be a
0: real dog fight at the end. I see the yeah, the, the Royals the Royals and Tigers coming down to uh to final the the final week yeah. there.
1: So uh-huh. We'll we'll see about that.
0: Nah, it's a, the now. The Royals are a team that's a yeah. At least I think no, i think definitely a year away. They're going to fight for 500 this year. I think they're wild card next year, and then a real contender the year after. I that, think
1: Detroit's so. in the same boat. I know Lenny's being a lot more optimistic than I am. I still like their win total over for the season. Mm-hmm. I see Detroit being around 82, which I'd consider a pretty good year there. But the truth is, no offense to Miggy, who's a future Hall of Famer. They got to get that contract off the books before they want to actually make another leap.
0: Well, they got two more years of. of uh, I think you'd
1: agree that. with that though. That contract is kind of hindering some of oh, the roster. Oh, my field. buddies
0: and I were like making unmerciful fun of those contracts when they signed Verlander and Miggy, and both of those guys were sucking. So Verlander had a you know obviously a resurgence. They were able to get rid of that contract, but Miggy, no resurgence, still have the contract. So mm-hmm. uh, I already have the Royals money line for tomorrow against Bieber. Yeah, dude, I don't know about that. I've got to, I've got to check out Bieber against the Royals because I anecdotally, I think he's done pretty well. So,
1: but I do want to ask, how much stock do you put into spring training numbers for pitchers and Dash or for batters uh, and during the first couple of weeks of the regular season?
0: Well, pitchers, very little because pitchers, they can go out there for an entire appearance and, and work on one particular pitch and not give a shit about what happens with the numbers. So pitchers, very little. I like to see... I like to see guys making contact as far as hitters go. I don't care about home runs in the desert. That that really doesn't mean much, extra base hits, anything like that. But, uh, yeah, I, I I I don't put any stock in pitchers' numbers whatsoever.
1: Okay. I was just curious because I'm sure a lot of people might be tempted to look at a certain pitcher, for example, who has an ERA of 40, yeah. In spring training, and assume that they're automatically going to get shelled yeah. in the actual regular season. Don't do it, it. Doesn't exactly work that way. But I'm just throwing it out there. Yep. I'm sure some people who are not aware of the correlation or the lack thereof might have automatically assumed, well, if he's been awful for the last week, he's probably going to be terrible today. That's not how this works.
0: That is not how this works at all. By the way, uh, somebody congratulating us if they uh, if if they uh, had the Wizards Hawks over. 228 you actually had it you you want to tell the story scott
1: well it's the second time it's happened in about two weeks where i we let's just say we upload our plays relatively early in the morning around 3 a.m so to speak or whatever i've been a little earlier lately but yeah yeah, we don't talk about what plays we're gonna do we just try not to step on each other's toes but we don't actually coordinate no so my favorite play that i wrote a full write-up on was the over in the Hawks and Wizards game at 2.27 and a half on BetMGM. And then I check YouTube, I refresh the page, and I see there's been a video by the Steenroller that has the Hawks and the Wizards. So, of course, I clicked it, hoping you take the spread. You did not. You took the over. So I personally bet 2.27 and a half. And then I ended up giving out the Celtics for my play that day. Now, just to be clear, I do still like the Celtics. But my favorite play was the Hawks over, and unfortunately, you beat me to it. So there you go.
0: All right, very good. Uh, Scott Novak wants to know what my confidence level is on the Royals money line tomorrow. You know what? Not much. I want to see what I want to see what Grinky has left in the tank because he did not have much left in the tank at the end of the season last year. There's an example of a pitcher that's looked pretty good in spring training, and I put no stock in that whatsoever. So well,
1: Bieber, you can make the same argument with. Of course, Bieber had the Cy Young, and he had a great career up to this point he's a lot younger than Granke but he barely pitched last year and you right. kind of have to wonder how he's going to look in his first or second real outing out there in about I don't know five months or so of regular season baseball so yep I feel like that's a spot or to stay away for me I guess I'd lean Kansas City because at the end of the day Cleveland still can't hit I'd be tempted by maybe a first inning no score or maybe a first five under. But once again, you have questions about both pitchers. So I'm not really sure where to attack that game.
0: Yeah, I don't hate that. It looks like the weather's going to be chilly, wind blowing in tomorrow. I don't think there's going to be any south breeze. so uh,
1: Just pitch around Ramirez and you should be fine.
0: Yeah, agreed. All right, so we got Jim coming on here in a few minutes. Let's uh, use a golf term, Scott. Let's grip it and rip it. Let's talk about what happened yesterday. Let's get right through it. We've got uh, kind of a a new way to do it and I'm going to see if I can if I can push all the buttons at the right time. Spoiler alert, I probably won't be able to do it, but we're going to find out. Cuz we're going to have some fun, Scott. Let's find out who it is. The Wednesday edition of Call the Cops. <laughs> you all right? <laughs> yeah.
1: just enjoying you, you just head, enjoying the tune. Yeah,
0: head bobbing along to the Call yeah, the Cops a thing. Bit. All right, very good. So let's uh, start off in the NBA, Scott, and uh here we go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna find this here. Okay. All right, there we go. It's called the cops, everybody. It's the Suns minus 13 against the Lakers. Oh, there's some people singing the blues in the comment section on this one. Because if you had the uh if you had uh the Suns minus 13, they led by 25. Scott, 25 points with 558 left. And uh yeah, Lakers, they said, Oh my god, we're about to get knocked out of the playoffs. We better start trying. Well, a little late, boys, wasn't, uh, but it wasn't too late to screw you. Lakers closed the game on a 22-8 run. If you had the Suns minus 13, ugh, call the cops. They win by 11.
1: And looking at the NBA once again, if you had the Grizzlies, plus 5.5 against the Jazz, they trailed by 2 with one second left, which means either hit a 3 or just miss the shot entirely. Unfortunately, Memphis got the offensive rebound and made a putback at the buzzer game went to overtime in Utah won by exactly six after overtime rip up your Memphis plus five and a half ticket
0: by the way, that was the only play I lost yesterday that was a premium and uh, I went three and three and one that was my only loser that was a a little double a double dip for me as they mm-hmm. just just fucking just lose just lose boys come on all right, and finally, if you had the uh trail Blazers plus three and a half against the thunder. They led by 18 points with 9.18 left. Thunder said, here we come. No one can stop the Thunder. They closed the game on a 26-4 run. Blazers lose by four. That's right, kids. It means the Blazers scored four points in the last nine minutes and 18 seconds. That, my friends, is just kind of all kinds of brutal right there, Scott.
1: It's also a bad beat for the season-long prop. Now, it's possible that the Thunder could win another game. But that comeback win with a G League squad officially clinched their over for the season win total. If they don't win another game and you lose because a team blew an 18-point lead <laughs> in nine minutes to go, they also beat the Suns randomly, who just didn't really care that week. That's pretty rough. Yep, yep. <laughs> and the Wizards also went over their win total yesterday with a win against Memphis. Everybody I mean, goes win mean, against Minnesota, I mean.
0: Everybody goes over their win totals. No, I don't think so. I'm guessing the Lakers might have gone under, huh?
1: I think they went under at the all-star break.
0: (laughs) Oh, shit. All right, so there was some good news out there. These are the people that had those winning tickets. They knew they had it. There was no fourth, fourth quarter comebacks, no shenanigans. Just a nice, easy victory. You're just hanging out at your house, sitting
1: in the rocking chair. So the first one was the Spurs, plus nine against the Nuggets. I believe we both liked the Spurs in that one. Yes, we right? did. Uh-huh. So uh, they never trailed by more than three points in the entire game, led by 20 at the half, and they won by 19. So, yeah, really never in doubt, shout out to the Spurs for clinching a playing spot when they looked dead in the water about a month and a half ago. Very
0: good. Staying in the NBA, because that's pretty much just about all there was. We, we will... Away from that for our last one, but this one is the NBA. If you had the Wizards plus 12 and a half against the dim Timberwolves, uh, congratulations, they uh led by one point at halftime, they win by 18. You did not need the points, but you had 12 and a half just in case. And uh, if you had the Wizards right there plus the numbers, nice easy victory. You were in the rocket chair.
1: I feel a little bit dumb though on the show yesterday because I said I liked the Wizards plus the 12 and a half. But I said I didn't think they were going to win the game, which is unfortunate because, you know, you got the actual handicap of it right. You just underestimated how well Washington would play. You're better but than yeah, you- Minnesota basically locked in a playing spot last night. I know Denver lost too, but you got to beat Washington at home if you want to try to catch the sixth seed. So, yeah, it seems like Minnesota is going to be in the in. But either way, if you had some preseason uh, spring training action there in the – uh, Mariners and Reds game, if you had the over 11, you had 11 runs in the first five innings. And the g- game ended as you can see on the screen, 12 to 9. So, nice and easy over.
0: There you go. There you go. Um, Alright, so we kind of alluded to it briefly, but let's uh, let's talk about this real quick, Scott, before we get Jim here on the air. Let's find out uh, who it was. I don't know who it could possibly be, but If you were, uh, you saw it coming. So you you really, you can't be mad anymore. But now that it officially happened, you can definitely be disappointed. Well, that almost deserved the double there, Scott. You know what? Go ahead. I'll let you take this one.
1: So for this one, we talked about it briefly, but now it's time we actually dive in. It's going to be the Los Angeles Lakers because going into the season, Besides all of the media heads talking about how this was a title-contending team, Vegas had them having the second-lowest title odds. Let's start with the basics, right? In order to win the championship, you tend to need to, I don't know, make the playoffs. That's usually the first step in winning a championship. The Lakers were almost a foregone conclusion to make the playoffs, according to the odds, because they were minus 5,000 before the season started to make the playoffs. They didn't even make the play-in tournament because they officially got eliminated last night with their loss to Phoenix and with the Spurs win against the Nuggets. Is this the most disappointing team in the history of the NBA?
0: Wow, that's a a bold statement. It's a loaded
1: question, but it's very tough to fully think of a second serious contender there,
0: right? It's certainly the most disappointing team since you and I have been doing this in the last three or four years. Since I was born, minimum. Yeah, probably. Yeah, not good, not not good at all. That was a uh, bad performance by the Lakers, Scott. What do they do? What do they? What do they? What do you do here? You've got you've got AD. You've got LeBron, obviously. You've got Russ. What do, what do you do?
1: Uh, I said this a couple months ago on several podcasts. I said it this morning on a podcast. You better strap in because I'm going to say it once again. They need to trade everybody, including LeBron. Yeah, I think they need to trade LeBron and Westbrook, I'm not sure what you can get for him. Basically nothing. You're probably going to have to give up a first-round pick just to get rid of that contract. 80's a shell of himself. He's never healthy. So I don't know what you can get from him either, or for him either. And my serious question for you is, LeBron, we've seen him miss 20-plus games this year. We've seen him really struggle with injuries the last couple of years. They're probably not going to trade LeBron, but what does LeBron even get you at this point? He can't carry a team like he used to be able to. What's the point?
0: You know, that's a great question. And I guess the argument could be made that perhaps he would be uh, better with a better cast around him.
1: But that's the point. I don't know if you can even unload Westbrook's contract. LeBron already said publicly that as soon as his son is able to uh, to join the NBA, he's leaving and that he wants to go back to Cleveland. And we've seen LeBron ditch previous teams, the Cavs twice, and the Heat. So if you're the Lakers and your draft picks are non-existent because you traded half of them for Anthony Davis, and you also you know, were in the Westbrook trade as well with some picks, right? you have no draft capital, your team's old, you have really no potential moving forward, what's the point of keeping LeBron? Because even though LeBron at this point is nowhere near the guy he used to be, Of course, I know he's gonna he has the most points per game in the league or he was in the running, whatever. I get it. I'm talking about for a long term carry the roster for an entire season, he cannot do that anymore. Do you think a team would give up two first round picks for LeBron for about a year and a half? Possibly. I think one team would. Possibly.
0: Yeah. I think that's so
1: if you could get two first round picks for him, maybe a first round pick for Anthony Davis. And you're the Lakers, so you can go after every free agent you want because you can usually sign somebody because you're the Lakers. Do you think it makes sense to completely blow it up and trade everybody, including LeBron? I do. I think it does. They are not going to trade LeBron. No. But I would because he's going to leave for free in about a year and a half.
0: A lot of people bringing up a couple points. Number one, there's a lot of agreement with you in the comment section that you're not going to trade LeBron. I, I'm on that bandwagon as well. I said well. what they should do. They're not I going to. I understand. There. And the other thing is that people are pointing out is uh, Vegas absolutely raked it in with the Lakers this year, both on their futures, on the uh, make the playoffs, of course, on, yeah. on a nightly basis where they continue to disappoint day in, day out. So
1: That would have been the honorable mention, though, for Gambling Hero. There was somebody in Jersey who, before the season started, placed a $10,000 bet on the Lakers to miss the playoffs, and he made $150,000.
0: Mm. that's very nice
1: shout out to that guy
0: hey uh chris lyons checking in asking us if we still like the uh atlanta over at 235
1: scott um i'll let you go one of those people who believe that if you miss like a four-point line move at that point yep i'm gonna have to pass yep i think if you want to go for any overs you're better looking at player props at this point because i don't know how you're supposed to miss a six point line move a nine point line move right and then start chasing i i, I can't
0: uh gun to my head if i had to bet that game at 235 i'd still have to bet the over i'm not gonna i am still not, lean
1: over but there's no way i'm gonna bet it i'm now.
0: not i'm not gonna i'm not gonna make a bet on the fact that i can That i can middle it you know yeah but uh i would say what percentage of games go over 227 and a half but don't go over 235 scott what do you think
1: Okay, no matter what answer I give you, there's no actual proof to that answer. So my answer is going to be nothing. I don't know, five percent? I don't know. Okay,
0: I'm just, I'm just wondering. I don't, I, I, I don't know. I got a question. Is that? I'd like. Well, it's a, it's a fucking legitimate question, is what it is. It's a very legitimate question uh, when we're dealing with the question that was asked by Chris Lyons. So,
1: see, Scott, what you're missing is that Washington doesn't need to score like they did last night because Atlanta might score one-third. So yes. you have to remember that for a total that's going to be in, in our case, the 220s, the high 220s, if Atlanta gets to 125, you're probably good. Hell, even 120, you're probably good because Atlanta doesn't guard anybody. Yes. So even though even though Washington doesn't score as much, defensively, they're still not very good.
0: Yep. agree. It's mostly
1: fading two terrible defenses.
0: Yep. That's exactly what it is. So in answer to your question, Chris – I think Scott and I both kind of make it a habit not to chase huge moves like that when we're no. when, when we're behind them. My so.
1: ceiling is probably three points. Occasionally, I'll swallow some pride and back some steam if it's a three-point move. If there's that's been that, even that's kind of push. If me. there's
0: been something visible that drives that steam, an injury, uh, yeah. something something uh, weather for outside sports, something like that, then perhaps. But on just a regular game where it just opens at a friendly line and then goes up six and a half points. I can't, I can't do it as a, as a gambler. I just can't chase that. Sorry.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh,
0: you bet, Chris, no, no problem. That's, I it wasn't a great answer. I mean, I get that it's, but for both of us, we're the, not going to take an under now. I'll tell you that much. That's the thing. That's the thing. It, it, a gun to my head. Like I said, I'd still, I'd still play the over, but yeah, the value is so much value is gone at that one. So, mm. um, while well, we're waiting for Jim, let's, uh, talk about a little something uh, going on tonight. Scott, um, any game you're excited to see because, you know, we talked about the motivation angle and it gets and it gets more crucial as we go on uh, towards the end of the season. Anything that uh, stands out? By the way, if you guys want to, our, our thoughts on some of these totals, uh, don't forget we did Allie's show last night. It's still available over there at Max Wagers Network and Picks and Parlays, YouTube channel, if you want to check us out doing Total Chaos. Uh, it's the same story with the Lakers' 19 not, 1777 memorabilia. If you remember, when Kobe was on the Lakers, everybody rooted for them to lose except Lakers fans. It's sort of the same thing. I would say LeBron's even more polarizing than Kobe. I think I think yeah. generally most people liked Kobe. Well, uh, Kobe
1: did have those rape allegations, but those, I don't know how I'd say legitimate those accusations were. So he already alienated some people with that, but nah, because LeBron, especially with Twitter, has opinions about everything. Yeah, I think Kobe was mostly to himself, wasn't it?
0: Yes, yes. I I think, I think he saw when when he had the problems there in Colorado with the maid and whatnot. Uh, I think he saw how quickly that could blow up, and I don't think he was a big presence on social media, if I'm not mistaken, as well.
1: I'm just saying, we're talking about LeBron, people rooting against him and Kobe. A lot of people liked Kobe, but he also had some legal issues that definitely threw some people off. Nothing the to gi-
0: nothing a gigantic diamond can't solve, Scott.
1: Yeah, but when it comes to the reasons with LeBron, people not liking him, I feel like a lot of it is because, and I'm sure people have talked about it, is the fact that he has opinions on everything. And LeBron always seems to have the need to express his opinion or to get people to talk about him in regard to almost any given topic. Now, I don't really care, to be honest, but some people do. I think LeBron is a pretty self centered guy and that he really only cares about what he wants and that kinda turns some people off. Yep. Is that a fair statement? It is.
0: It is. Uh Chris Chris Lyons has heard Chicago, had some injuries, jumped on Boston minus the six. I think that's a play that we uh we both like with Brown and Tatum gonna go. Horford looks like he's gonna go. Um, and I
1: got it anyway, even if Levine plays. Levine is going to play, by the way. He's, now, up,
0: he's upgraded to probable. He just missed, you know, he, they were just keeping him out in the first game of back-to-back. That's the
1: point, but Chicago, once again, 2-20 and 20 straight up against top eight teams. They can't beat anybody with a pulse.
0: Yep, yep, absolutely right. I, yeah, we're a uh, big fan of that Boston play. Um, and we even have something else from that game here a little bit later. We don't like Kobe. We love Kobe. No, there you go. Well,
1: so. Kobe's viewed as being an all-time Laker. I'm assuming he's viewed as an even bigger Laker than Magic. Can I say that?
0: Mm-hmm. I think it's close. I think it's very, very close. You can. I'm not sure it's accurate, but...
1: I don't know. Again, I actually am curious <laughs> it's if stands like Magic or Kobe. Something
0: back. that's completely unprovable. So, But the
1: point is that the fact that that's even a discussion tells you how much the Lakers faithful love Kobe. I'm just saying from an actual national standpoint... I understand memorabilious points of people rooting against the Lakers back when Kobe was the guy.
0: Right. Well, then there was the, there was the whole uh, Shaq versus Kobe thing. You kind of, you had people like picking one side or the other, whether they like Shaq better, whether they like Kobe. The but, Shaq yeah. had
1: all the MV, had all the finals MVPs. And right. people thought that Kobe was being, uh, let's just say selfish. And he was being a bit of an egomaniac trying to get Shaq out of there. Then Shaq had the, a rap situation where he roasted Kobe on that one stage that one time. And you kind of had to pick sides and Shaq being the more entertaining and funny personality, I feel like caused a bit of a divide between people who like Shaq and people who like Kobe, which caused more people to hate Kobe.
0: Yeah. You never saw You never saw Kobe doing a commercial for icy hot. Yeah. So
1: that was more, more post retirement, but the point is Shaq was a beloved comedy guy. He was a personality So because he and Kobe didn't get along at the end, some people sided with Shaq and automatically turned on Kobe.
0: True. Uh, Bronco Devil pointing out Magic could play every position, and indeed he did, if you remember I'm not
1: saying who's better. I think Magic's a better player. I'm just saying when it comes to Lakers fans and who they love more, I think it's really close between Magic and Kobe. That was my point. Okay. But I think you'd agree Magic was probably the better basketball player.
0: Uh, Jesus. Yeah, probably more versatile for sure. You know, they had the, yeah. the, the finals where he played center. So I mean,
1: it's a bit of a hot take for some, not for me. I think Magic is a top five player of all time. That's not a hot take. I don't think Kobe's a top five player of all time. I think he's top 10. I don't think he's top five.
0: Speaking of Lakers, have you seen that series on HBO Max uh, about the Lakers dynasty? I haven't. My wife said she wanted to watch it with me, so I've kind of been holding off. I'm about to give up on her.
1: I heard it's great though.
0: And then start watching. Have you ever not watched it?
1: I have not. I actually want to get into it.
0: Okay. All right. Very good. Uh, you watched the dance, I assume.
1: Uh yes, yes okay. I did. Right. What else was I supposed to watch? It was during a pandemic.
0: Okay. Uh, Tiger King.
1: I was. I never got into Tiger King. Yeah, yeah. i watch it. a Tiger King, which is based on Tiger on Tiger Woods.
0: Yeah. You uh little masters talk here, Scott. You uh you like Tiger Woods to do anything at all? You like him to make the cut or anything?
1: I bet on him under four and a half bogeys in round one. So I have him not totally sucking on the first 18 holes. But once, once again, it's a situation where if you want to bet Tiger, you're going to get robbed. Just because whatever the odds are, they should be a lot higher. Now, I know Tiger is the best golfer of all time. I know he's won the Masters several times. I get it.
0: Is is he the best
1: golfer of all time? You can argue it's either him or Nicholas, but uh, I
0: I was going to say that sounds like something somebody in their 20s would say.
1: I'm going Tiger. Okay. But either way, Tiger dominated the sport like nobody else before. But for me, Tiger automatically is going to be underpriced by all the markets. It was at 35 to 1 on DraftKings, and it was 75 to 1 on, I think it was WinBet yesterday. He should be 150 to 1. He has not been in a real PGA event in about two years. If he wins, it would be the greatest achievement in the history of sports. I don't think he's going to win. So if you want to bet him at 50-1, to even if he wins, you are basically getting robbed. Is that a fair statement?
0: Mm, Yeah, go along with that.
1: Um, And I'm rooting for Tiger. Like, Don't be wrong. If Tiger wins, I will gladly root for him the entire way through. But the odds you are getting on him to really succeed are insane. And you are automatically surrendering a bunch of value because whatever price you get, it should probably be three times as much.
0: Well, we talk about it a lot with the various taxes. The Yankees tax used to be the Patriots tax, that kind of thing. And there's definitely a Tiger tax. And the way to beat it is to go the other way.
1: It's the biggest tax in all of sports.
0: Yeah, it kind of is.
1: Especially with golf having 100-and-something competitors in every single tournament. The the liability on Tiger from public betting especially with legal sports betting now, right? It's probably going to be the highest liability, arguably ever. You think?
0: Oh yeah. Well, I don't know how many people. Nin- will,
1: Nineteen is close.
0: I don't know how many people will be betting on golf. It's probably the biggest golf liability. I
1: think people, that's the point. I think the public will blindly bet Tiger because he's back and it's his first tournament in about two years.
0: James Mounts brings up a great point. It says competition is greater now than when Jack played. Yeah, yeah uh, it's true. You have better equipment. You guys have. You guys are in better shape. So I mean, you can't you, you can't compare somebody in the '60s that was using actual woods uh, to these guys that are hitting titanium. Well, he's drivers not even talking about
1: the actual uh, clubs. He's talking about the competition. Like the le- I, I agree with that. I think that Tiger inherited an era which was I don't want to say light, but I do believe that when Nicholas had to go up against, you know. Faldo and all these other guys you had Norman you had a lot of really high quality golfers during his time true when Tiger took over it was kind of the start of Mickelson and you had some VJ Singh in there I guess yeah I mean, did you have any seriously elite golfers that come to mind there no I mean, but I, I know I know, some, I know there's
0: I know there's something I'm not thinking of the, from the uh, no, I agree but I'm, I'm the top of my head
1: I'm thinking of Mickelson VJ Singh yeah, he had a bit of a Patrick Harrington run there in like the early mid two thousands.
0: Uh, yeah, he had uh, Ian Lusenum, uh Sergio, Sergio. Those okay. guys are kind of uh, his contemporaries. That's the
1: point, though. Tiger did inherit a little bit of a lighter time, but I mean, he was dominating at a pace that you will probably never see again in golf.
0: Oh yeah, I would I would agree with that.
1: Which is why I personally think he's the best golfer of all
0: time. Bronco Devil says when you think about it, uh, although uh, I will say this before I get to Bronco Devil when you know the quote when when arnold palmer saw nicholas play right no he play he plays a game with, with which with with which i am not familiar
1: oh okay and i think yes.
0: that's ernie L's, there you go another yeah, great that's super call, sly yeah i forgot about else uh brocco devil says when you think about it golf is only what you score like bowling true true but well, it's
1: it's an individual sport
0: yeah but you're not it's not it's not an individual competition sport like a like like a tennis would be where you're making Well even
1: tennis, sport. you're interacting with another person. That's what I'm saying. That's well, why it's you different. can ignore everybody else. You're just by yourself.
0: Yep, absolutely true. Uh fifty dollars on Tiger to win it plus four thousand. Yeah, shot Carter,
1: me. no, I'm saying you do not have to do that. He should be a hundred and fifty to one.
0: <laughs> or better. Like, don't get me or... wrong,
1: he might win it and you might win two thousand dollars for a fifty dollar bet. You should win closer to like you should win closer to five thousand, if not more.
0: Memon, mark this mark this spot, everybody.
1: That's exactly my point.
0: If Tiger wins, if Tiger wins, I will send you a personalized uh, we'll, Scott and I will sign it. We'll send you a, a John Deere straw hat.
1: I'm rooting for you. Like, don't get me wrong. I want to send you that hat, but you have to understand my point. You're automatically losing about two thirds of the value before the tournament even happens.
0: Yep, I agree. I agree. Um, by the way, I want to give a shout out. I didn't do it the other day. I want to give a shout out to my buddy Brad Miller, uh, a guy that uh, grew up on the lanes with my kids and uh, is now having some success on the Pro Bowlers tour. He finished third in the USBC Masters, the hardest tournament uh, in the country in the world, and uh, had a nice third place finish. So, uh, shout out to Brad and his uh, third place finish. Twenty five grand, not too bad for a boy from Raytown. No matter what is, no matter what his bio says, he's from Lee Summit. He ain't. Uh, oh, I
1: like that bet though. You should bet if he plays Saturday. Yeah, better than to make the cut or not like that. I can get behind. I took the no, I took the under four and a half bogey approach so I could back tiger while also being realistic about the expectations. Do I expect him to look good? Not really, but as long as he doesn't implode on five separate holes, I was fine with making that bet.
0: All right. Very good. Well, we have rumored it's been rumored and now it is coming to fruition. He is the one, the only, you know him, you love him. He uh, does it every day with Chris King over there on Just Parlays. He's the uh, he's the thinking half of that duo. It's Jim Williams. What's up, Jimmy?
2: I wish I had a hat like you guys. Um, it would be good to have. Uh, it's good. I apologize for the, the uh, wonky internet here. So you've got my meme there. No problem. Um, I heard you guys talking about the, um, about the Masters. It's... Uh, a tournament unlike no other. Mm -hmm.
0: That's right. It's a tradition like no other, man. Like
2: Jimmy Nance liked to say, right.
0: And Uh, so, so is me making terrible master's bets. That's a tradition like no other as well. So
2: there you go. Um, it's, it's, it's a very interesting course. It's funny when I was, um, preparing to come on today, I went back to the last, um, time I was there and did a, a column, which was back in 2017. And, um, the funny thing about it, guys, is it rewards. It's going to sound crazy, but it actually rewards the way Bobby Jones set the course up. It rewards those who play the game complete players. Um, you know, guys who can drive the ball straight, guys who play good irons play, and those folks who understand putting. Because the course itself doesn't look particularly ominous, but where it gets you is you end up if you're off the side of the course you end up behind trees you um, you know you find out if you don't play good iron play that when you chip the ball on the uh, on the green it suddenly rolls back down the, you know into the fairway um, it's just a wonky but interesting course that benefits those who can play all aspects of the game right. and penalizes those who can't and um, you know then they tiger-proofed it a few years ago to make it longer. The other thing I think most people are surprised about when they actually, you know, see the course in, in real life, is how hilly it is.
1: It's unbelievable. Yeah, I was going to say the walking is definitely one of the most underrated challenges of the Masters. Yeah, it, it's a very
2: hilly course, and the other thing, uh, you know, that is interesting uh, to Scott Rochelle's point, is that the greens are they're undulating so depending upon where they put the pin on any given day you've got some really you know almost um almost diabolical shots i mean it's like they put the pin placement you're like you come on you know give me a break the the you know this is this green's bad enough, and now you put it there where it's almost like a you know a, a putt putt course. I mean, right. I have to I have to bonk it through seven different things and bank it off of this to get it in the hole. Um, so again, is it if you actually just walk the course or look at the course, it doesn't look foreboding, but it just is got so many little quirks and 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 uh, things that benefit it that um, it makes it. You know, it makes it Augusta.
1: Well, I guess my question for you, though, Jim, based on that, since, of course, we're going to get into some of our picks or some of our Mm -hmm. long shots, however you want to phrase it, for the actual tournament. You mentioned complete players. I know one of the Mm -hmm. hot names around a lot of golf conversationalists is Justin Thomas at around 13 to one or so, potentially winning. Do you have any thoughts on any complete golfers there? Are you interested in Kepka, or are there any guys that you're looking at that you think have a great chance to actually win the tournament? I
2: I think you're right on Brooks. I think Brooks Kepka is a good bet. I think Jordan Speeth is a good bet. Um, both of those guys can play. Um, they don't they don't really have any holes in their game. And I, I yeah, think I think Spieth's
1: concerning because he occasionally misses the fairway too much. But I agree with the rest. Well, of yeah, the Well, yeah,
2: true, true, uh, but i do think that that um i think the the long drivers are a little overrated in this because mm-hmm. being a long driver helps you at augusta but it doesn't necessarily you know make you um uh, you know where some courses the long driver yeah. is the guy who, who 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 uh who can definitely carry the day mm-hmm. augusta it helps you but it doesn't necessarily uh if you can't play the short game as well if you're not good with the irons if you're not good on the green you know hitting the ball that distance that were the case john daly would have won the master seven times right um it, it's not it doesn't and and that's why um you know y- you look at the guys like the jordan Spieth, of brooks kepka uh even although he's here you know a guy like a rory mcelroy when he's on um guys who have a complete game are the guys who are rewarded at Augusta.
0: I'll tell you, I really there is one guy that the odds are just so tempting that I have to play him, and that's Cameron Champ at five hundred to one.
1: Yeah, I saw that too.
0: Uh, he's he's the guy that pretty much drives the ball further than anybody else. His short game absolutely sucks, but he has been able to eke out two top thirty finishes at Augusta, so he's not totally worthless there. He does make the cut at five hundred to one. I'm willing to put a a couple of uh, pizza bucks on on Cameron Champ.
1: Oh there's 5 bucks to win know, about 2500. What yeah, I'm saying. You can't
2: you can't lose in a case like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um you know, it used to be it used to be Tiger versus the field.
0: Right? Yeah.
2: And um and now I guess the bet is can Tiger make the cut. Yep.
0: Yeah.
2: And uh, I think that's probably the most interesting thing. I I don't know. I, I I came in late on you guys, so if I'm if I'm running over areas that you've already. Oh no, wanted, we, we, we didn't really talk
1: about anything. Let me, when you Let me
0: let me ask you this, Jim, so, and this okay. is something we've talked about for the last yep. couple of days. What do you think the true odds on Tiger should be? He's listed at forty to one in the books. What do you think? I the, said one fifty. What do you think the true odds uh, should be?
2: Well, that's forty to one is ridiculous. I mean, yep. that that's not even that's not even close
1: i said 150
2: yeah see and i was yeah, thinking I, even I, I think closer to 200 but yeah. i would i would have gone 200 i mean okay. uh he's got a he has got i mean he's a bionic man okay mm-hmm. he's got pins in his in his ankles he's got pins in his leg his entire right leg was rebuilt right um okay so you you got that to begin with remember and this is the this is before the accident okay Tiger had two totally reconstructed knees right plus he has a back injury right so and he's forty eight years old. So you take two totally rebuilt legs from that you know amazing uh, car accident thank god he he survived and and it's good for him and for golf that he's back. Uh, but you know Tiger's in a position right now where you know we talked a little bit about it earlier. um I'm sure he feels good and you know, there's no doubt that can Tiger play 18 holes at Augusta? Yeah, he can play 18 holes at Augusta. Can he play 36 holes at Augusta um, in the heat that usually comes this time early into uh, you know April? Uh, he probably can play 36 holes. Can he play 36 holes? That's competitive golf is the key, um, and I don't know
0: with the, I, I the with we'll the best in the out. world. I don't
2: think so. You
0: yeah, know, I would. You know, I would. I, I would agree. It's
2: lovely that he's there. You know, um, it kind oh, yeah. you know, of reminds me in a way of Arnold Palmer, you know, when Arnie would come and play uh, the first couple rounds and, and people would be able to pay their respects to him. And then, you know, he would get back in that Gulfstream jet with the uh, little umbrella on the back of the plane and fly over the golf course on his way back to, you know, to Pennsylvania. So, um,
0: go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, here's here's the weather forecast. going to be 72... 72- um, small chance of rain tomorrow, 67 mm-hmm. on Friday, 58 on Saturday, 68 on Sunday. And it's going to be windy every day until Sunday when the front, front will is through. It's going to be 15 mile an hour winds or better at Augusta. So there's, we're not going to okay. see a lot of low yeah. scores most likely.
2: All right. So it's not going to be the heat,
0: right? Um, it's going to be the, wind. but
2: the wind, the wind is a problem at Augusta because it, the way the course is set up, it becomes a crosswind. and, Anybody's ever played golf before? The last thing you want you you don't mind hitting into a wind, right. you don't mind hitting with the wind. Yep. You have the last thing you want to see is is a swirling wind. And and that's a problem at Augusta with that. But that being said, um, you know, guys like speed Kafka, guys like that, they can keep the ball low. And yeah. if you can keep it low and keep it straight, then you know, you can you can you know, overcome that. The the conditions sound pretty favorable, I would think, given what you just said. Um, for it not to be humid, that's good. And so, uh, you know, we'll see. But again, um, I would caution anybody out there who's getting ready to place a bet that, um, you know, go with the guys who are consistent. Like you said, um, you know, guys who are top 10 finishers there on a consistent basis because they know the course and they know, you know, what to expect.
0: Very good. I uh, yeah, want to give a shout out to Allie Burns. Yeah. Allie Burns in the comment section. What up? Plus money, honey. Ready to ready hey, to get now. it. God, you got uh, you got all three of us here today. So uh, uh, New York Yankees postponed for Thursday. Yeah, I did see that. I did see that, Chris. I forgot to mention that. Yep. They're starting Scott, do you
1: think it's time yeah. to segue into some of our outright? Yeah, let's do it. Early. Let's
0: do it. Let's do it. Uh, Jim, you're the uh, you're the visitor here. What do you got? What's your uh, What's your best play at the Masters?
2: I'm going to go with Jordan Spieth. Okay. Um, I I think he he's played well there, and I just like the way he's played over the past few years there. I know it's not the sexy bet, but I would I would go with Jordan Spieth in my number two guy on that list would probably be brooks kefka again those are not those are not names that are gonna excite anybody because they're gonna say yeah big deal you pick two guys who you know easily could win um but sometimes the obvious is is not the worst thing to do
0: okay um i'm a am uh, a fan of cameron smith and he's good the, the problem the problem is is all a lot of the value is gone you could you could have had him a at the beginning of the season, before he went out and uh, mm-hmm. dominated, it, like, thirteen and sh- to one now, shot to one fourteen now? to one, yeah. Yeah. But uh, if you'd have had him before, he shot thirty four under. Um, yeah, you'd sure. You'd have been in great shape. But he is the first player in Masters history, which surprised me to shoot all four rounds in his sixties. I uh, mm-hmm. still lost. Uh, he still lost by five strokes to Dustin Johnson. But right. uh, he's he's a guy that has shown he can do it at Augusta. Yeah. I like him. I also like. Uh, I don't. Ha- uh, I hate Cam- Patrick Cantley at f- twenty five to one. Uh, mm-hmm. Tour of the to, to PGA Tour player of the year had three wins last year. Um, not great uh, at the majors, but I think he's uh, I think he's ready to break out. He did have a uh, third round sixty four in two thousand nineteen and had a share of the lead on Sunday. Right. Puked it away on the back nine, so it could be his, his
2: problem. His problem to me is his iron play is cons- consistently inconsistent. Right,
0: Ab- um, absolutely correct. I
2: mean, he can he can net he can definitely. There's no doubt he could, he can play. It's stringing four, you know, stringing four days together.
0: You know? uh, agreed. I'll give you one more. I will give you my long shot, and that's 65 to one. Joaquin Neiman. Uh, a lot okay. of people, a lot of people look at correlated courses, and he won in Riviera, mm-hmm. which uh, correlates in in many ways to the hilly uh, Augusta National course. There,
2: yeah, it does. That's so, a good point.
0: Uh, he's a good iron player yeah. and very good on the bent grass green. So you could do, you could do worse than uh, Neiman at uh, 65 to one.
2: No. I mean, yeah, the Riviera is much well, yeah, there's there's a lot of similarities between um because uh, it's a, it's also a very um, narrow course. So, yeah.
0: Somebody putting Scotty Scheffler it's, out there. I don't hate that. Scott, what do you got for us?
1: Well, Scheffler I'm looking into because of course now he is the number 1 golfer in the world. The point is mm-hmm. I'm not sure if there's any value on picking him now at around 12 to 1 or so. Mm-hmm. I I am kind of curious how he's going to look in the Masters. I know he's been great leading up to it. But looking at his actual Masters career, he's finished top 20 in each of the last two Masters, but he's never finished top 15. Right, so okay. he's had a decent track record, not amazing here at the course. So I don't know if I'd like to take him at around eh, 12 to 1. I'm going to pass personally. I went mm-hmm. for long shots. Truth is, I really just decided to you know take two guys that I think have a lot of value at the current number. Despite mm-hmm. what the odds of them actually winning are, it's going to be first one, Corey Connors at around 55 to 1 on DraftKings. He's finished top 10 in each of the last two Masters. He's known for being a bit of a quick starter in some of these tournaments, so I could expect him to potentially compete for first round leader or so. But 55 to 1 for a guy who's finished top 10 in each of the last two Masters, I think, is quite appealing. And I went for the serious long shot with Patty Reed at 100 to 1. And other books have 80 to 1, 66 to 1. I did find 100 to 1 offshore, but he has finished top 10 in three of the last four Masters. He also won the event. He has won a green jacket in 2018. Mm-hmm. Now, I know his current form isn't the best. I'm aware of that, but Jim mentioned the wind and how difficult that might be. Mm-hmm. And we know that Reed is an elite scrambler. So I do believe mm-hmm. that he can definitely compete if the weather is a huge problem Reed's pretty good at salvaging pars, potentially avoiding catastrophe a hundred to one for a former champion who has been successful here in the last four years. I really like, I think a hundred to one's a good price for him.
0: Well, he's had a t- You he's know, had-
2: Scotty on, uh, on Connor, um, that's not a bad bet because he's the grinder and, yep. um, he's got that kind of mentality. And, and in many ways, Augusta is, you know, uh, a battle of attrition. And so a golfer like him, you know, he doesn't have a hole in his game. It's not a sexy game, but it's a grinder game and grinders can get um, grinders at Augusta can, can be, uh, you know, can be very uh, effective, so that's not a it's not an outrageous bet.
0: Lesman pointing and out that again, Corey is a nice pick for top ten. You can get him at plus f- yeah. four fifty for top ten. So yeah, that's a solid yeah, play right. as well.
1: You're right, Scott, too, as well. I mean, I know Steam was he, about to mention how awful Patty reed has been lately. Yep. So you can get that off your chest because I know he's been terrible. But a hundred to one for a former champion who's been pretty good here, I do think he's he should be closer to around seventy five to one, in my opinion. Okay. Uh, well, you know,
2: Patty Reed, too, has played a lot of, um, you know, of the European golf, and that's where, you know, it's not that, I don't want to compare it to Lynx, but Lynx forces you to play that type of grinder game, too, mm-hmm. and so that does benefit you as well. I mean, obviously, the courses are couldn't be different, but... The the style of play in many ways is the same because you have you you have no chance or no benefit to um, to make a mistake. There's not yep. a lot of room for error there. Yeah, I'm I kind heard. of
1: hoping for bad weather with Reed just because I feel <laughs> like if there's going to be awful weather with rain right. and everything like that, yeah, I know Reed can scramble with the best of them. So uh-huh. at least he has some area of his game where he can definitely gain some strokes on the competition.
2: Well, all right.
0: Very good.
1: That
2: would that would do it. Yeah, um, you know, I'm not I'm not looking for a tsunami. I didn't think. Uh, oh no, no, know, no, I'm not
1: I'm not hoping art. you know for that. But I'm just saying a little bit, decent amount of wind, some rain. Yeah. I think that re can hang around. Well,
2: Scott Steen, our resident meteorologist. I don't think you said rain. Did you, Scott? No, <laughs> it could be a little
0: bit of rain on Thursday, but uh right. It shouldn't but that's be. A,
2: that's actually the best day temperature-wise. You were saying it's
1: like mm. seventy-two, yep. right? Yep. It's a, it's yeah, and Westman, you are right reed has been known to cheat before i <laughs> mean if, if i'm gonna have money on you i want you to try to win that's right, right.
0: If you ain't cheating you ain't trying is that the, that was the that was the georgia thing right when he was a golfer georgia
2: there's that great uh line when uh uh earl weaver was managing the baltimore orioles and. uh he was mic'd up and forgot it uh, on Monday Night Baseball. <laughs> Bases are loaded. He doesn't have anybody in the bullpen. I forget who the kid was. It was on the mound. He taps the kid on the shoulder and says, uh, hey, look. He goes, yeah. He says, um, all I got to tell you is if you know how to cheat, this would be the time to do it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And walks off the mound and forgets that that was on uh, ABC national television. That's
0: fantastic.
2: So, or yeah. if it's if you know Earl Weaver in those days, probably didn't mind at all. By
1: but, the way, uh, a fun little fact here, not golf-related. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scott and I had a brief side-bet conversation before we went on air today, mm-hmm. and I wanted four-to-one odds on Chris Paul and Devin Booker to officially be ruled out during our show. <laughs> and about five minutes ago... They were both officially ruled out, so I like well to done. pat myself on the back. Four there you to go. One. Thanks a lot. Good hunch, yeah. and they were
0: and they were not even questionable before. As we went on the air, they were no nowhere to be found on the injury list. So they were they
2: were they were not you not on the not on the radar, huh? Yeah, yep. you should have booked. Well, they're huh?
1: on the radar. It just wasn't official. I just think the whole team's hung over. They set the record for the most wins in franchise history yesterday. I didn't expect anyone to play
2: well yeah that that's one of those days when you know that uh, you get up in the morning and and everybody calls to the coach and says you know would it be up would it upset you if we just didn't show up today yeah pretty much
0: and, you know Jim got any got any final thoughts before we let you get back to your real uh, life
2: no I, you know I it's always fun to be with you guys and uh you know it, i i I think that uh, you know It's gonna be a lot of fun to watch the Masters be fun to watch Tiger. I think that he's gonna bring the eyeballs back, which is basically, you know, it's good for him. Uh it's good for the game. It's good for the Masters. And um, you know, uh one final thing. Um, and that is by the way, if you win the Masters, you get the green jacket, you only get to keep it uh on the for a year, year, and then you have to then you can wear it when you go to the course. And by the way, There's uh, 372 members of Augusta National Golf Course, and the only way you can get in is being invited. After somebody either dies or
0: uh, gives it up, reasons
2: gives up their their uh, situation.
0: There you go. And by
2: the way, to to buy in, you know, once the the if you are invited, it's fifty grand, which you know, actually, um, you know, mentioned Riviera to get into Riviera, it's 275 thousand dollars
1: well yeah but you also forget though if you get the if you get into the masters you get the free dinner before, well, before yeah you free, get well Riviera, right? there's
2: a there's a lot to be said for for
1: augusta national yeah but, just triple up on the caviar and you'll make that money back like, and yeah, you're, know, you're, you're good to go
2: if you like if you like a, if you like pimento um cheese sandwiches oh. you're in good shape at uh in Augusta but guys thanks so much for letting me drop by it's hey. always a pleasure hey where can we oh. find you you can find me, uh, geez, all over the place. Um, you can find, me, you can find me, um, basically at, uh, JW media, DC. And also, uh, I'm with Chris King as your lead in, um, every day as we talk about, uh, picks and parlays and, you know, uh, basically the key here is to watch the entire network all day long. And we're going to have, uh, Sean Mills, I'm sorry, Sean Miller, um, join us, uh, who's going to slide into that four to five o'clock slot and he's going to be talking international soccer. He actually is en route um, this weekend to uh, the champions league and he'll be in Madrid uh, on Saturday and then he'll be popping up to uh, Manchester for a couple of some games. And then when he returns, uh, he'll debut in April. So you guys will have a chance to have Sean on. He's a really nice guy and a really talented uh, writer and um, so yeah, we're having fun at the Max Wagers Network, and we hope that uh, everybody joins you guys every day at three o'clock and hangs around for the rest of the day.
0: Your quick impression of me with uh, Scott and Sean on the same soccer show. So, Scott, what did you think about that? Sean, do you agree? That's pretty much that's pretty much what I'm <laughs> going to be adding at this point. So,
2: there's hey. nothing to there's 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 no shame in that, boys. There's no shame in that. And uh, tomorrow, baseball. Has been very very good to me, uh, so we're all little Chico Escuela
0: there for you. Nice. Yeah,
2: actually, I was uh, I was uh, lucky enough as uh, to be uh, in St. Petersburg on the day that Bill Murray and and uh, Garrett Morris filmed that segment. Oh, that's excellent. Uh, the the Yankees have played were playing the Mets, and they, uh, you know, Garrett Morris had dressed up as uh, as the Mets uh, player. By the way. Funny thing was that the manager of the Mets at that time was Joe Torrey. Oh, there you go. So there you go. But yeah, baseball been better, better, good to me. And it will should be from this point forward, better, better good to those of you who watch the Max Wagers network. Cause I'm sure you guys and everybody else can be all over baseball.
0: We're psyched. We're psyched. All right, buddy. We're going to let you get out of here. Well, Take th- care. Th- thanks for joining us. Enjoy the week. Hey, Enjoy the Masters and ba- baseball and all that. And I'm sure we'll talk yes, again sir. really soon. There you go.
2: Be well guys. Take care.
0: Thanks Jimmy. There he goes, everybody. Jim Williams, good guy, does a lot of stuff behind the scenes here besides the show that he does with Chris. So, uh, yeah, very good. All right, Scott. Well, it is time. Everybody has uh, everybody has waited patiently, and I think it's time for us to reward that patience. Are you ready, my friend? Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's do it right here as we get ready to, uh, you know, put on our good overalls. It's wind day Got those hump day overalls out. Get your straw hat on and adjust it just at a rakish angle. Climb aboard your John Deere. Get those keys out and get ready kids because once again it is time to bet the farm all right and we're back there you go it's the hats the hats that have have caused so much discussion scott so Mm -hmm. all right buddy what do you got uh what do you got cooked up for us on the old uh, on the old farm play for today?
1: Well, you're forgetting something. Oh, that's right,
0: man. You, you, man, you lose a couple and you totally get out of your rhythm. Scott, I know we had to bet the farm
1: play yesterday. How'd that go? We had the Rockets plus 17 and a half against the against the Nets. They lost by double digits, but they did cover the number, so we picked up a nice winner.
0: Hey, you bastards! Cue to banjos.
1: Yeehaw! Yeah.
0: All right, there you go. All right, we're gonna to try to make it the uh, we're gonna to try to make it a deuce, two in a row today, Scott. Now, what do we got?
1: So for this one, we're gonna go back to the NBA, talking about that Celtics and Bulls game. We're gonna go with the Celtics team total over one fourteen and a half at around minus one twenty five. Boston has scored at least one hundred twenty four points in seven of its last nine games. Chicago defensively. Not very good. The Bulls have allowed at least 127 points in each of their last three games. Boston ranks fifth in offense efficiency. We know Brown and Tatum were both elite offensively. And Chicago has been terrible defensively all season long because the Bulls ranked tied for 21st in defense efficiency. But Boston should really have a decent shot of getting to 120 here, especially with basically everyone healthy besides Robert Williams, who is never much of an offensive threat anyway. But 114 and a half is too low. I'm going to take the over.
0: All right. There you go. We're all over Boston sides, team totals, beat the number in the over. Should be, a, should be a good day in the NBA for us. We're excited. We're excited for you guys as well. Thanks for joining us as always. Thanks for stopping by. Don't forget to check us out each and every day. We do this, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central. Scott and I will do our very best to help you in that never-ending journey to head back to the window. Take care, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow.